come. More to come. If we can just believe, press through, make a decision, be determined. (laughs) Amen? It's in the house. I wanted to sing that song, Jesus is in the house, but that didn't work out last night. But he's still in the house. And uh, I do want my sweetheart, my husband of... 57 years, I want him to stand and greet you in the name of the Lord. I appreciate him so very, very much and for what the Lord is doing in his body. And so for those of you that don't know, he suffered a a stroke uh, about 15 months ago now, 14 months ago. And um, several of our peers, I said, we got to get some younger friends because our peers are all dying. So we've but he's we're still kicking and some of the our friends that did uh experience a stroke they're in heaven but my husband god has spared him and he's improving and i'll shut up so he can testify (laughs) you're welcome oh yes his presence is in this or not i tell you what i've been hooping and hollering too much you want, let's do that one little course. Did you like that course? There ain't no telling. Stand with me. Let's do that. Do this, I think. Don't rearrange all the furniture, right? That's what women do. There ain't no telling. God will do if you believe. There ain't no telling what God will do if you believe. He is my Savior. This I know. He healed my body. He saved my soul. There ain't no telling what God will do if you believe.
your Bibles. I'm sorry to Galatians, the sixth chapter, verse nine. Let me um, again remind you that just in a couple of weeks is Pastor Appreciation Sunday, and I don't know what you're planning to do or how you do it around here, but I'm just dropping a hint. It'd be a wonderful time to show honor to your pastors that are very deserving of it. And um, anyway, I said last night, I take an offering and buy them four tickets to Hawaii, and then we'll go with them. And really make their trip fun. <laughs> Amen. Are you there? Galatians the sixth chapter, verse nine. Says this. Let us not be weary in well doing or doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Lord, I thank you for the power of your word. I thank you for these this precious people. These are sheep of your pasture. These are those that, that you died for and that you intercede for and you care for and provide for and watch over. Lord, I thank you for them. I thank you for the shepherd, the under-shepherd of this flock. It's called the angel of the church. I thank you, God, for them. Bless them. Strengthen them. Meet their needs, provide in every way. Anoint this messenger this morning. My lips, may they see Jesus. May I speak exactly what you would want to say to them if you were here in person. And I praise you in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be reseated. Glory. Let us. Point number one, let us, not let us that you eat. Now, you know what? I know I got a captive crowd this morning. Most of you are not going anywhere because lunch. Woo. I told Brother Burns when we pulled up this morning, I said, well, they'll probably have a bigger crowd because they're serving lunch. Now, maybe your church is not that way, but in Tishomingo, the first Sunday of every month, we had family and friends day, and we could always count on a group that never showed up till, uh, that's okay, we love them just the same, don't we, Pastor? But they never showed up except on when we ate, and they brought all their aunts and uncles and their grandkids and their neighbor's kids and whatever kids that they had. Then they wanted to take home, home, take home stuff. But that's okay, isn't it? At least they were there that Sunday and they got to hear the word. All right, well, I'm meddling. Let us, we're not talking about lettuce that we eat. And, uh, but I'm talking about let us in the scripture says, it, it actually, I just love the word us. It means that we're not alone. We're not alone. We're not, we're not alone in our walk of faith. Uh, the great apostle Paul here, he spoke these words of encouragement to the Christians in Galatia and also to Thessalonica and included himself when he said the words let us. Let us. See, God has placed us in a, uh, among a multitude of believers. I thank God. I thank God for that. Millions of saints who have walked this highway of holiness before me. Many of those saints that have beaten down the path and made it so plain that I would have to be a fool 
to err therein. It's what the scripture says. Hello? Made it plain. We are not alone. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus is not like some people I have met. And I mentioned it last night. You know, one day they're, they're your friend and their next day they're not. And, you know, a mother may, no, I should say this. A woman may give her baby away, not a true mother. A woman may give her baby away, dump it in the trash, or even forget her child. But Jesus said, I will never do that. I am not that kind of friend. I'm the kind of friend that will stick with you and when everybody else walks away. When that love of your life walks away, when that one, that friend walks away, Jesus said, I won't walk away, but I'm with you. Let us, let us, let us, glory, I will be with you. In fact, he even says to the end of the world. <laughs> glory, God's repeated himself over and over and over again, bringing reassurance to us who are facing battles. Anybody here facing a battle? Anybody in a battle? You've either come out, you're going in, or you're, <laughs> you're in one. Glory. It happens. Life happens. But I want to reassure you that the great battles that people have faced, it's not uncommon to man. It began in Genesis, and it's going to be all the way through till Revelation. But Jesus said and told us that we're not walking alone, such as Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all the patriarchs of old Joshua, Samuel, David, Solomon, Jeremiah, Jesus, and then the apostle Paul right here says that. And right here at Countryside Church, I will never leave you. If there's any leaving, it'll be on your part. Glory. We are not alone. Thank you, Jesus. How many's ever seen the giant sequoia trees in California? Oh, aren't they awesome? Yes. Oh my goodness. They're just, you just can't imagine. You just have to walk up to them. The awesomeness of up there, what, eight stories around at the bottom? Some of them, eight stories around at the bottom. But these huge sequoia trees, they're on the west coast and they go on up. We've been there, uh, more than one time. Loved it. They're beautiful. They're tall and they grow so close together. I love this about them. They they grow so close together that if one tree dies, and they do die, it takes, you know, things happen. They get diseased. They get wounded in some way. But they're so planted, so close together that if one was to die, many times it does not fall over because of all the other trees that are standing around them. Isn't that an awesome picture? Let us. We're, we're, we're in this together. I need you and you need me whether you know that or not. Glory. We need, there's not one person in this building that's unimportant to this local congregation. So don't let the devil whisper in your, well, if I was to just quit and walk out, nobody would ever miss me. That is a lie. That is an untruth. But these trees, they're so, their root systems are so intertwined that they help to hold one another up. Oh, Jesus, help me. Glory, let us. Remember, we also have been planted together, the scripture says. 
We are the planting of the Lord. God has called you to this church. You missed an opportunity to say amen. Well, I don't know. I made a decision. Well, I wonder how come you made that decision. wonder why that ever come to your mind. wonder why somebody invited you here. Because God has called you here. You know, <laughs> God's called me um, into the Burnsworth family when I said I do to James Marshall. Now, it's not all of his family I'm excited about. And not all of my family he's excited about either. But we're still family. Right? Planted together. Glory. The, let the wind blow, and it will. Let the storms come into your life, and they will. But we are not alone in the storm. Glory. We have other trees around us. The planting of the Lord. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Say, there's more to come. There's more to come. What? If I can just believe. If I can just believe. I can receive this morning. Oh, my goodness. You know what? God does not get, God is, God doesn't, um, always reply to that one that weeps and cries and mourns and belly aches and, you know, I know that he sees every tear, but what he responds to is your faith. If you want God to move, show your faith. He honors faith. Glory. Well, let us not be weary. Number two, weariness. Weariness. Several years ago, like back in the 60s, before most of you were born, they came out with all these little whatnots of deary is weary. Show this poor little old, that you could buy the whatnots of salt and paper shakers and all that stuff, you know. And it was a picture of this little old lady standing, leaning on the broom and her apron sagging and her hair bagging and all that stuff. And that little caption was deary is weary. We get weary. Each and every one of us here today have at least one thing in common. We are all called, and I just mentioned that. We are all called to be workers, and workers get weary. They get weary. Pastors get weary. Teachers get weary. Mothers get weary. I thought I'd never, I would, I'd never get through changing diapers, taking care of bottled babies, <laughs> had three children under the age of five. But you know what? Now I look back and say, where'd that time go? I should have enjoyed it more. Any grandmas and mamas say, daddies, you're wishing, you know, you could have took that child fishing more. Should have worried about making another buck on the job. Yeah. Glory, taking time. But dearie gets weary. Jesus said, let me, I lost track, but that's okay, I'll come back. Our job, our work, our job description was by, given by Jesus himself. I said, we were called here to all of us to do a work. And the work that we're supposed to do is to finish Jesus' work. Jesus said, I, I've got to go. I don't want to leave you, but i got to. But, you know, I, I want you to finish what I started. I want you to preach the gospel. I'm not a preacher. Yes, you are. You're, you've got a message you're preaching every day. To your family, to your employer. You're preaching a message just by your lifestyle, the words that you say, your attitude. Glory. Oh. Finish my work. Spread the gospel. 
freely you have received, freely give. I received the free gift of salvation. And how absurd of me to think that I shouldn't share this free gift with others. Glory. Well, statistics reveal that over 5,000 ministers leave the pulpit monthly here in America. Did you hear what I'm saying? I'm saying people get weary. Pastors get weary. The very best thing you can do for your pastor. So you're sure talking a lot about your pastors. Well, I tell you what, somebody needs to speak up for them. You need to pray for your pastor. You don't like what he does sometimes, so he may not like what you do sometimes. Pray anyway. Pray, pray. I wish our preacher would be more on fire. Well, just take a little more time through the week to maybe fast a meal or two and say, God, set that man afire and watch it happen. The best thing you can do, pray for your pastor. <laughs> do what? We've got some conversation over here going. If the ministers are struggling with discouragement, fatigue, and weariness here, where does that place the sheep? Absolutely. If the shepherds are surrendering to humanity and say, well, I'm just going to give it up. I'm just going to go back and work on a job and forget the whole thing. Nobody cares anyway. Where be the sheep? They're open prey. The wolf can come in and devour. Glory, we need a shepherd. And we need the great shepherd in our lives. Glory. If we follow that great shepherd, according to the word of God, we won't have any problem following our earthly shepherd. Well, shout me down. Amen. Thank you, one or two. Jesus gave us the answer to this question. Luke 18 and 1. He says this. Jesus spoke this parable to them that men ought always to pray. Because if they don't, they're going to get weary and they're going to faint. Simple. Simple. But so we talked about that this morning in our Sunday school class that we thoroughly enjoyed. Talked about the altars. What they're for. They're to kneel. They're to use. You know, in the Old Testament, and I'm deterring here, but I can. Pastor preachers do that all the time. They take rabbit trails. You going to go on a trail with me? Okay. The altars, the wooden altars, are taken from the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, they had the brazen altar. Huge altar, eight foot. You know, where they would sl- slay the animals. Well, you know what? They had horns on those altars. All four horns on those altars. And the purpose of that was so they could tie the animal down. But now, we as God's people, we should be, not have to be tied to the altar. We should want to come and offer a sacrifice, a praise, and worship before Him. Glory. And because of Jesus, we can do that. Aren't you glad you didn't have to bring a lamb this morning? Some of you bought beef. We're gonna eat it in a minute. Glory. <laughs> Remember, persevering prayer doesn't always bring an immediate answer. Well, that's a no-brainer, right? How many has been praying for somebody for 20, 30 years? But you're still praying. You're still believing. Because you know God hears. 
He does have ears. And he said, I hear. I hear. Persevering prayer doesn't bring an immediate answer, but it can bring immediate peace. And that's exactly what God wants you to walk in today is peace. Peace. Peace over the situation. Pray until you get peace over that loved one. And then when you get peace, you start praising God. Thank you for it, Lord. I don't see it. They haven't changed. They're still mean as a devil. But I believe, I just see him, I see him saved. I see him dancing the aisles. I see him at the altar, right? Pray until you get peace about that situation. And then when you get peace, start praising God for the answer. Is that good? That's good. Remember, it's a divine, it is a divine blood bought right for believers to receive an answer to their prayers. So don't let the devil whisper in your ear, well, you know, that's, God's not going to do that. God didn't hear that. Well, you're, you're not holy enough. Or you're not this or that, right? I'm the righteousness in uh, in God in Christ. When God looks at me, he sees Jesus. And you can't get any more perfect than that. You say, oh, you think you're perfect? No, but the perfect one lives in me. Glory. (laughs) Woo, I'm feeling good. We may have to rebuke and resist all opposition and all suggestions of failure whispered in our ears by Satan himself or even by our negative emotions. Our emotions will take us down a trail we don't want to go. You cannot trust in your emotions. Well, I don't feel like this or I don't feel like... It has nothing to do with feeling. I said God honors faith. God responds to your faith, not our whines. Oh, my. Let us continue to reach out to do good, regardless of how we feel. Say, well, nobody ever does anything good for me. Nobody ever treats me right. Nobody wants to be friends with me. Well, the Bible says if you want friends, show yourself friendly. If you want good to come to you, do good to somebody else, even to somebody that don't even deserve it. Maybe even your enemies. Whoa. That's what the Scripture says. Heap coals of fire on their head. That's what the scripture says. Hallelujah. Well, thank you, Jesus. Keep sowing, keep sowing, love, friendship, sharing your gifts, your talents. Be not weary. We said, let us. We're in this together. We're in this together. (laughs) You see somebody that's weary and you can tell it in their, in their countenance. Just go give them a big hug. Tell them, I appreciate you. I'm going to be praying for you this week. Glory. Instead of rushing out the door. Take time. We're in this together. We're better together. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, focus on that big picture. Jesus did. Jesus looked beyond the cross. He looked beyond the cross and he saw you. He looked beyond the cross and saw how that reconciliation between God and man was going to come back together. As as the Lord purposed when he built or made the garden of eden the reason why he made us in the beginning is because he wanted a relationship with us he wanted to commune with us have fellowship with us and he hasn't changed his mind glory oh hallelujah consider him the scripture says lest ye be weary and faint or lose heart in your mind glory number three 
How am I doing? We shall reap. Shall. I love that word shall. Shall means must. Shall means inevitable. Inevitable. That's a good word. We shall reap means expected to happen. Saints, we are not supposed to lose. We shall reap. Glory. It's a promise. It's a written law that can't be changed or broken. If we plant good, we shall reap good. But patience is a requirement. Glory. As in the planting of a garden, it takes time. I can't go out there and throw some seeds and the next day come up, go back out there and say, well, sure, that must not season, must not be any good. There's nothing there. There's no harvest. Glory. Glory takes a while. Patience. So the scripture says we have need of patience that after we've done the will of God, we shall reap. If we faint not, there's more to come. You can't give up. The race is about over. Glory. You can't give up. You have to bear the heat of the summer. Wouldn't it be nice if we could just plant everything in the spring and it all produces in the spring? But instead, you have to get out in the heat of the summer and work it. Fight off the bugs, rabbits, and pullweeds. Not easy. It's not easy. It's not easy, but it's necessary. In order to reap. He says fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life. We shall reap. If we faint not. For ye. You and I. We have needed patience. That after we have done the will of God. We will receive the promise. You know God is a promise keeper. He keeps covenant. It is impossible. For God to break a promise. Oh, I love that. Ask anything he said in my name and I will do it. Whether it's helping you young people pass a test. Where you got to study and you have to apply yourself. Whatever it might be, he has promised. Ask anything in my name and I will do it. Call upon me and I will Answer thee. And I'll show you things you've never dreamed of. Glory is his word. Have patience after we've done the will of God. Another version reads. For you have need of endurance. One and the same. So that when you have done the will of God. You may receive what was promised. God has lots of things promised to us. And one thing and the many things is peace. I never saw a time when there was so much anger in our nation. Anger. Little kids taking guns to school. Angry. They don't know why they're angry. They're just angry. Because some things we know why they're angry. They don't know who their dad is. They don't know who their mom is. They're tossed to and fro. Glory. They're angry. They deserve better. Glory. Thank God for... Christian parents in this house today. Glory. Need of endurance after we've done the will of God. Anger is prevalent. And if we're not careful, we'll find ourselves getting angry. Glory. Fear. 
people, the Bible says in the last days, we are in the last days, that people's hearts will fail them for fear. Young people are having heart attacks and dropping over dead. It's scripture because their hearts are failing. They see what's coming. Let me tell you what's coming. Our hope is coming. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Are you ready? Where are you in your relationship with the Lord? Glory. He's here. He's here this morning to meet your need and to bring peace to your troubled soul. Glory. Well, we must wait on our harvest. God says we shall reap if we faint not. It's going to be God's timing, but it's always on time. He's an on time God. Yes, he is. He's an on time God. Yes, he is. He may not come when you want him, but he'll be there right on time. He's an on time God. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. And he's a good, good father. And there's more to come. We shall reap if, point number four, if, if, oh, that's a little old bitty word. If. Don't mean a whole lot, does it? Oh, yes, it does. Oh, there are 1,522 ifs in the Bible. And those ifs are contingent, contingent on our response. God puts forth a lot of ifs to us. And it's up to us, the results, by what, how we respond to that if. Glory. One of the biggest words in the biggest, smallest little words in the human language, if. And it really becomes a big word in a child's life or a teenager's life. When, when mom says, okay, I will take you to the movie if you'll clean your room. Oh, that if gets big. You can drive the car tonight and take your friends down to the Sonic. I don't know what kids do anymore. I, it's been so many years. I've been married all my life. But that's what we used to do. We used to drag Maine. Oh, not putting any bad ideas in your mind, okay? You can have the car tonight if you'll mow the yard. Oh, that becomes really depends on how big the yard is and how bad you want the car. If. If. You can go out and play if. You may go to the football game if. If you're ready for that test tomorrow or whatever. Right? If. If. We learn quickly how big that word if becomes when the recovery for such a loved one depends on an if. Well, if the medication works. If this new medic, if, if this surgery works and we don't find something else, then if. that That's... That if is big. Glory. If. If. We learn quickly. God's word says, I love this. And an if that God gives us in First John 1 and 9. And many of you can quote it. If you will confess your sins, if we will. If. It's up to us. We can hold on to them. Live in them. Relish in them. Enjoy them. And die in them. 
and reap the benefit of that. Which is a three, four letter word that people don't want to talk about. Hell. How long, I told Brother Burns, we, we talk a lot. I said, do you realize how long it's been since we've heard a message on hell? Oh, that scares the little kids. Well, maybe they need to be scared. Oh, that's scary. Oh, well, you know, that's. And people say, you know, the man upstairs. Well, who is it up there anyway? Does he have a name? Are we ashamed of the gospel? Are we ashamed? The God in heaven. If, John says, if we will confess our sins, it's our decision again. He will forgive us of our sins. Well, God knows my sins. Yes, but he wants you to confess them. There's no other way to be saved. You've got to confess your sins. Oh, well, I've got so many. It would take me a long while. Well, right now is a good time to start. Amen. If we will confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's like we had never, ever sinned. His, our sins are removed, the Bible says, as far as the east is from the west. How far is that? It can't be measured. You try to measure it, it's, it's immeasurable. Yeah. Far as, if, if, all unrighteousness. Before forgiveness is an if. Before revival is an if. If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then, if they'll do all of that, and when I say if they, me, I'm talking to me, I have four fingers here, one finger back, I will hear from heaven. And I will, what? Heal their diseases and heal their land or something like that. But it was all contingent on an if. It's, The ball is in your court. God's done everything that he could do. He's waiting on you. Well, I wish God would do this or that. Well, what have you done? Have you made a step yet? Well, you know, there's this issue in my family. You know, we have been, you know, we get, we just, this this one's mad at that one and we can't get together because, well, have you done anything about that situation? Have you stepped forward and tried to become a peacemaker? Instead of adding to the problem. I get so... People use Facebook to to quarrel. If that's stupidity, gone to seed. What? Go to God. If you got a... You've been hurt. Go to God and then go to that person. The Bible says if you know that you've offended someone. If you come to the altar and you remember that you have... Offended someone, what are you supposed to do? Get up. There's no need in you belly aching anymore and bawling and squalling over the issue. Go to that person. And if you're the one that caused the problem, say, I'm sorry. I was a jerk. It was all my fault. I'm sorry. And go on and live for God. I, I don't know why I'm saying all this. Oh my. You love me, don't you? You're still staying for lunch. And let, let me throw this in. We're having church after lunch. And I'm excited about it. We're having communion. We're, we have an invitation to the Lord's table. 
We have an invitation to come and sit at his table. Whoa. That ought to make you excited. If, if you're not, we'll pray for you. Amen. Before the healing of the woman with the issue of blood, and I talked about that, I think, last night or sometime, uh, she said, if, there's that other word again, that little word again, if, if I can just get through the throng of people, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, if we will just do what God has asked us to do, God's ready. God's willing. God is able. Oh, glory. Well, I will draw all men unto me. Jesus said, if I be lifted. He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Come on and lift him up. Come on and lift him up. (laughs) Oh, glory. Big word. I need to move on. Big little word, if. If I, if I would do this or that, if. If all the ifs in my life were perfect, sure. I would get more involved if I wasn't so battered. I've been so mistreated. If, if things were better, if I just, you know, had more money. If, if, if God has an answer to all those ifs. If I just had more time. Well, the Lord knows how to make sure you have more time. You may not like it, but he can do that. I'm just so battered. Some, you know, um, we've been in several art galleries, and you probably have too, but in Santa Fe, New Mexico, we went through some art galleries, beautiful paintings, and other places we've been, Albuquerque. But they take these broken pieces. People, you know, say, I'm just too broken, I'm too battered, I was abused, I was sexually abused, I was beaten, and all those things, they, they are horrible things that should have never happened to you, but you can't go live your whole life now talking about what happened years ago. Glory. Glory. We all have scars, but God is able to heal the, heal the wound inside, right? But anyway, they take these beautiful, uh, Broken pieces. If you, if you feel like you're broken and battered within, alright? They take these broken pieces of whether it be, um, glass or, or metal or tile and some of you may do, but the broken, the, the fragments. A fragment is, is what is left from the whole. It's been broken from the whole. And they, and that's exactly what Jesus said to the disciples after he had multiplied the bread and the fish. Remember when he served the 5,000? He said, take up the fragments. Because I have something I want to do with the fragments. I have something I want to use the fragments for. They have a purpose. They are worth something. And so if you feel like you've been fragmented and come from a fragmented, splattered family, broken and bruised and battered, if you give that brokenness to him, he can make something beautiful out of your life. Glory. Fragment. He said, take up the fragments, that which remains, however broken, and gather them that nothing be lost. He's not willing that one fragmented person is lost. Jesus holds the answer. Glory. I'll hurry. Babies are getting hungry. John 6, 1 through 13 says this. Oh, no, I'm not going to read it. 
bring our brokenness to him. The broken promises, broken dreams. He can take that, those fragments, and make something beautiful. Psalms. And it all, all depends on if, if you will. You can carry it and wallow in it. But if you bring them to him, give it to him. Psalms 5 and 13, or 12. I can't even read. Psalms 5 and 12 says this. For thy Lord, for thou Lord will bless the righteous, glory, with favor. I'm favored of the Lord. I'm my father's favorite child. Did you know that? And so are you. <laughs> favored. He said he will, for thou, Lord, will bless the righteous with favor. Thou wilt compass him about as with a shield. Oh, to be favored means I am not supposed to lose. I am not supposed to lose. Now in a football, we're in the football season, right? You know, OU was favored to win a few times. Any men in the house watching football? We're not supposed to, we're not supposed to lose. Maybe there's reasons. You know, the coaches, they'll, they'll talk to the coaches and the coaches will have this big long spiel why they lost, right? <laughs> they just lost. We are not supposed to lose. We shall reap what? If we faint not. Glory. Hebrews 10, 35 through 37. I promise I'm closing. Some of you are going to sleep. The Lord gave me a message several years ago entitled, Lord, deliver me from this sleepy devil. So if you've got a sleepy devil tormenting you right now, tell him to get move on. Hebrews 10, 35 through 37 says this. Cast not away your confidence. Don't give up. Don't cast away your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. For ye have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. We're right there, folks. Don't give up. Don't give up on the brink of a miracle. Jesus is coming. Are you ready? Would the musicians come and the singers and play just something soft? We must not throw away or cast away our faith in him. Say, well, you know, it's not working for me. I tried it. I tried that Christian stuff. Why don't you try Jesus? (laughs) <laughs> well, I tried living for God and going to church. Didn't work for me. Try Jesus. Try a relationship with him. Try being born again. You know, there are so many people today that make up their mind that they're just going to start going to church because it's a thing to do, especially in the larger churches. And they can come. I know this for a fact because I have a daughter-in-law. I'm blessed. I have three. Uh, she's no longer a daughter-in-law. But anyway, she can go to church and and hoop and holler and jump up and down with the rest of them. And she's as lost as a goose. People go to church and they lo- they've learned how to worship by watching everybody else. But it's not a true worship. 
And they think because they're doing all of that um, spiritual aerobics that they're a Christian. But they've never had a relationship with Jesus. The Bible says you must be born again. There's no other way to be saved. You can come up here and sign a church book and sign church books all over this town and still die and go to a devil's hell. You must accept Jesus. He was the sacrificial lamb. There's only one way to be saved, and it's through Jesus. Would you bow your head? I feel like the Lord is talking to somebody this morning specifically about giving their heart to Him. They're giving their heart to Jesus. Don't throw away your confidence. Give Him your weariness. Let us not be weary in well-doing. We shall reap if we faint not. Glory, 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 glory. Jesus, have your way this morning. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Would you stand with me, everybody? Stand across the building. Would you bow your head with me? I'm going to ask you. See, some people feel like that, well, if they're just good and they treat their neighbor good and they don't lie and they don't cheat and they don't do this thing, then they're going to, they're going to be saved somehow. You know what? If that was truth, then Jesus shed his blood for nothing. He came for nothing. But he knew that the only way to God was through Jesus, through his blood. I know it's simple. It's so basic. This is elementary, but it's life changing. So do you have, do you know without a doubt that you are ready to meet God? Do you know without a doubt that you are ready to meet Jesus according to the word? Have you repented of your sins? Glory. Saints, pray, okay? Pray. Everybody pray. Come on, let's pray. Let's stay mentally engaged, okay? Mentally engaged. Mentally engaged in what's in this moment. Because, see, we're going to stand before the Lord about this very moment and how we responded to His the wooing of the Spirit this morning. If you are here and you know without a doubt that you are not a Christian, I want you to raise your hand. You know you need Jesus. I want you to raise your hand. Nobody looking around. Would you raise your hand? You know that you need to make peace with God. You know that you've been walking contrary to the Word of God, but you want to make a change this morning. God is touching you. God is drawing you. God is dealing with your heart. Are you here? Are you brave enough? Are you brave enough to lift your hand? You say, well, you're taking time. Yes. Because one of the most important decisions in your whole life is what you're making right now. When you stand before the Lord, He's He's not going to say, uh, you know, you can say, well, Lord, I've never done thus or i never done so. You know what He's going to ask? He said, well, what did you, why did you not accept the gift that I sent you? And his name is Jesus. That's what he's going to ask you. Why didn't you accept 
the gift of salvation. My son, Jesus, why did you not accept him? Glory. Are you here? Come on, I want you to raise your hand quickly. I know the Holy Spirit is talking to hearts. Come on, don't turn him away. Don't turn him away. I'm not going to embarrass you. Raise your hand so I can pray for you. Glory. Glory. All right. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Oh, yes, Holy Spirit. Yes, Jesus. Those of you that raised your hand, are you are you ready to take another step? Would you like to come forward? Would you like to come forward? Glory. We'll pray with you here this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And Lord, yes, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So I lift my hands. Glory. Pastor, come. Thank you, Jesus.